Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by... Matt Island. Hello Matt, how's things... How's things for you? Not so what bad. Not so bad. Yeah. Enjoying the British summertime at the moment. Oh, yeah. What summertime now? You yeah. are down um, in... I can never remember. Is it Norfolk or Suffolk? Suffolk. But I'm very close Suffolk. to the Nor- Norfolk border. Yeah. Uh, so what's it, what's it been like down there? Because I know um, July has been an absolute washout here in Scotland. And it's all related to this jet stream yeah. Whatever that comes down the Atlantic Ocean and it's basically completely swerving the whole of the UK and Ireland and going into France and everything and they've got like scorching heat yes. in the south of Europe and and, and things like that and um, we're getting absolutely nothing from it at all and you know no. obviously you're you're in a big agricultural agricultural area so yeah. how, are the farmer, how are the farmers getting on with things because this must be creating difficulties for harvesting and cutting silage and all that kind of stuff I would imagine yeah uh, so so this week and last week I've been working for Normans of Halesworth who they're a farming family although the transport side they've only got five trucks uh, but they which the trucks don't get involved with the agricultural side they're just on general haulage uh, but when I got back today, Mr. Norman come in, sort of said hello, and mentioned the weather, and he just sort of shook his head, said, "Don't even, don't even mention it." He said, "I'll keep checking it," and I don't know what <laughs> he was pretty downhearted about it because it seemed as soon as harvest kicked off, it just started raining, and it's rain, yeah. and, and I just sort of said, "Well, you know, I'm thinking optimistically that uh, it's going to be good for the sugar beet," and he sort of threw his arms up and said, "Well, I don't grow sugar beet." <laughs> Oh dear. So it's yeah, it's been it's been nice in a way that it's a lot easier to sleep at night. You're not sweltering. Uh I mean I, I was up at three o'clock this morning going to do a trailer change and it was about eight degrees outside. It was uh, lovely and oh, fresh. That is frustrating that we've got kinda um We've kind of swung from um, you had some because you had a lot of very dry ground as well. I remember talking to you about mm-hmm. yeah uh, a while back saying oh, we really could do with some rain, and now you've got too much rain. Yeah, and that's pretty, gonna... pretty much. Yeah, it's gone from one extreme to the other. Like say last year was just scorching hot drought, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks, just desperately waiting for rain, and it, it really did play havoc with the sugar beet season. Uh, it got delayed by at least a month when they could. The ground was like concrete, so they couldn't get them out of the ground. And when they did, they were like carrots rather than sugar mm. beet. And then it eventually started raining and then just didn't stop. <laughs> so the ground was then too wet. So it's kind of looking quite good for the beet, but um, the rest of it is not looking so great. I mean, uh, I know Terry Seaman had pretty much most of his fleet waiting at Great Yarmouth yesterday to on- offload onto a boat just because it's raining. They can't open open the boat to un- you know, unload the trucks. So... Yeah. They just end up sitting about for hours on end, just just waiting to offload, and it, you then have the knock-on effect from that as well. So, yeah, it's not. I think from a farming point of view, it's not the best. Uh, you know, we've had many years like that. Sort of, you know, it's just been absolute sodden washout of a summer. I remember one year, I think it was 07 or 08, Some of the shows that we went to that were like flooded out. You know, Billing Aquadrome. Mm-hmm was like just underwater with the sheer levels of of rain and it was impo- it was just impossible for um literally an aquadrome into, into fields yeah literally there's always 
you know, it's it's very rare for, for you know, Britain. I know that we don't get the extreme weather like the tornadoes that, you know, like the American Midwest gets and stuff like that, but you very rarely get sort of like um, consi consistency mm. um, with it. And it's purely down to the way that Br Britain as a country is situated on the planet. Yeah. It just, we're, we're just completely at the behest of that bloody jet stream thing because like if you go like into like across into like central europe and things like that like you know poland seems to get very sort of consistent hot summers mm -hmm. as do a lot of these countries but it also gets like sort of very cold in the winter as well yeah, uh, yeah. and we seem to we don't seem to get so we don't seem to get as many extremes as that which is like you know a big reason why we don't use sort of winter tires and things and the whole country really isn't set up for extreme conditions because we don't get them that often so yeah we just you know grind grinding to a halt in your, your automatic transmission truck <laughs> uh, in the snow with its normal tires on it is just something that you know uh, we put we put up with yeah mm. when the gr when the gritters haven't been out despite the warnings i would like to do a behind the scenes at different gritting operations around the country because some are definitely more efficient than others. Right, my way, South Lanarkshire Council certainly seem to be out and about more than West Lothian are. Yeah. Um, and of course, they've got the silly regional bits, regions as well. So they, they get to a line where it, they, they no longer have to drive. And it can be like this big, hilly, dodgy section that could really do a bit of grit on it. But because they've hit the border, they just turn around and go back. <laughs> yeah, just, with the jurisdictions on it I'd yeah. like to know how they plan out that because you do see yeah you do see gritters out. I know they must be watching forecast. I would like forecasts and things but you know it's a nice bright pleasant mild evening and there's a gritter goes past fire and grit out it and you're just like testing it maybe I know that they do need to test them during the day during the year as well because you can't leave the things parked up and not do anything with them you need to like no, no. Move, move them up move them about there's a shout out to anybody out there who's involved in the glamorous world of gritting I would like to I would like yeah I would, I would like to get a bit of a, an in-depth thing to see how all that kind of works that day because everything will be GPSed and you can see where everything is and all, yeah. and all that kind of stuff as well it, it, it must have evolved, must have evolved a lot over the years. Yeah, it does seem quite surreal talking about gritting in July. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I was looking for a video I had for YouTube for the cars that I'd forgotten to edit together, um, but now I looked at it. That was back at the real cold snap we had in December last year. It was like minus fifteen and things like that, and I couldn't actually get into the cars and everything. I was like. Yeah, I'm not sure I should actually post that now in the middle of summer. I'm not sure how that would. How that would do it might sort of look a bit weird of me having to climb in the passenger side of the car because I can't get the door open because it's frozen <laughs> shut. Yeah, <laughs> mind but, you, uh, the, the way it's going on, we'll probably we'll probably start having that soon before long. It'll probably start snowing. I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind having like you know a cold frosty day. Obviously, the snow is not ideal a lot of time in the lorries and that. But once it's cleared, you can deal with it just being cold. You know, because you can put a jacket on, you can get warmed up. It's the wind and rain that gets me, mm -hmm. and the rain that you get like at this sort of time of year in the summer as well. It's like you know, it could be like twenty five degrees, but then that the temperature drops by ten, the rain comes on, and you can get absolutely soaked. If it's the school holidays now as well, so a lot of guys, families, and everything will be going trying to go out for a day and things like that. And you can't really like plan around it, 
list, you know, oh, it's going to be a lovely day, but there's going to be the most unbelievable torrential downpour, which will soak us all right to the skin yeah. for 10 minutes in the middle of the day. <laughs> it seems to be when I've got a drop of trailer, that's kind of when it rains pretty much. You can sort of set your set your rain oh, barometer by, the, by me having to get out the truck and do something. That's what it seems, yeah, that, seems to me. Oh yeah, that happened to me quite a few. That's happened to me quite a few times recently. Actually, yeah, you just pull up to somewhere, and as soon as you start pulling up the buckles and the fork, buckles in the trailer, you know that's, you know, yeah, all downpour. The, yeah, all the wind will pick up, and all of a sudden I've got a nice big green mm. kite when it's been flat, yeah. flat calm until the moment mm. I put the handbrake on and get out of the truck. <laughs> it's, it's it's not so bad if you're tramping because there's every chance that you've got a, a full change of clothes mm-hmm. clothes yeah. with you. But if you're on like day shift, yeah, you can end up pretty pretty bedraggled. Yeah, uh, off of the soaking you you would get off the back of that. Yeah, <sighs> fun and games. <laughs> So else you've been you've been driving for what was that you were what was that you were driving for that uh, what was a little company Mr Norman yeah so it's B B E Norman from Halesworth so they've they've just got five DAF XGs all mirrorless uh, it, that's just so it's nat- nationwide work um, I don't think they tend to get up to Scotland or anywhere like that just regular customers yeah. regular work it's all very easy very laid back no real stress. Ah, so- most yeah. enjoyable. Hmm. So all five of their trucks are new shape XGs. Yes. Yeah. Well, did, did they replace them in a batch at one? Yeah. Kind of yeah. All they, before that there was Merce- they were Mercedes. Uh, before that, I can't remember what they had before Mercedes, but they've had over the years they've had Scania's, Volvos, uh, and so on and so forth. I guess it just comes down to what what's available mm. and i think i think it was sort of not so much driver pressure but um mm. drivers preferring to have a daf rather than mercedes is what persuaded mm. them i i think um and they've they've been for, especially for the xg which has been kind of known for having a lot of problems with the fuel they've had very few problems but see like because i'm just doing days for them i fill up from the yard so i'm not mm. going into shell garages um and i I don't know if Lisa, who runs them, has told the drivers to avoid them, but they've had they've had one, possibly a second one, go in with a bit of an issue with injectors, but that's about it, I believe. They've been quite good so far. Right, yeah, there does seem to be uh, a bit of an issue with the in- injectors um, on some of those 530 DAFs at the moment. Yeah, that's kind of... Mm-hmm. I think there, there's some work in... Uh, Work in progress on the on the go with that. That's it. So the th- the 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 thing is with um all these modern engines. I know I'm bagging on about it all the time about how like good modern diesel engines are. Like they're like you know a marvel of engineering. The fact that they've managed to get so much power, so much torque, and efficiency out of them as well. Yeah. You know, but they're constantly having to work and update them as well like nothing stands still when i was at rtx there was a volvo there we're now moving to euro 6f so that's now coming in now and it only seems five minutes ago that we were a euro 6 uh, e yeah and you, because we got all these little steps up where they, they they're constantly updating and tweaking things like that so you're gonna find along the way that you there'll be little like sort of glitches because the pace of progress is 
so fast and they're so complicated. And overall, you know, when Euro 6 came in, there was a lot of worries about how complicated it was going to be yeah. uh, and how it was going to be so problematic. But uh, it hasn't really turned out to be the case. I mean, in a lot of ways, the AdBlue systems and the modern trucks are better than they were on the on the early ones, which were, you know, be, that that many of them got emulators put on them because they just broke it all the time. Yeah. Which was the solution, which a lot of, like, you know, that was the kind of done thing for a while. Yeah. Until the DVSA made it highly illegal and you could get in a lot of trouble for doing it. <laughs> yeah. Although but, the the Euro 6 do seem, uh, maybe it's just me, um, they seem to use a lot more AdBlue. Um I, yeah, some of them, some of them do it. It seems to vary from truck to truck, but yeah. some can be heavy on it. Yeah, I mean, I I just did a few days for Lubers in Great Yarmouth, um, so I I was on the, the night trunk truck during the day, and the night the night trunk from Yarmouth gets double manned up to Carlisle and back every night, and it uses half a tank of Ablu every night, which I thought was quite a lot. I know it's not particularly that, easy going. From what truck is that? It's a that's an FH five, so it's only six months old, something like that. It's not very old at all. Size is ad blue tank. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it's. I don't think it's unusually small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it mm. just it just seemed like a hell of a consumption for a vehicle. I mean, again, I could it could just be me. Perhaps it's normal. But well, let's put it. It's something. Well, it's something that should really be listed now as well, alongside um, your MPG with the diesel. I think AdBlue should also be like factored into that mm-hmm. because it's not. It's not cheap. No, not um, anymore. <laughs> because, yeah, because because of the 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 increasing drive for efficiency uh, as well, and trying to avoid like using like EGR, which is you know uh, just the worst. Th- invention ever exhaust yeah. gas recirculation you know making a you know imagine having to breathe in your own farts all day for efficiency as as a uh, former fitter friend of mine said to me animals in the wild should not eat their own poo so why should a truck yeah yeah exactly so it comes in more and more with ad blue so there seems to be quite a lot of variation between um different different models of truck now yeah uh, some seem to be more efficient on ad blue uh, than the others um, but it's not something that we've uh, closely uh, we've not closely monitored yet and it can it can be tricky because of the different sizes of AdBlue tank as well because yeah. you can have a truck and you're like yeah that's fantastic I haven't put AdBlue in it all week and then you realise it's got a gigantic tank on it that's mm. about half the size of the diesel tank and also filling up from an IBC with just like an old fashioned plastic pump so you know a mm-hmm. handle so you've got no idea how much you're putting in which you yeah, know quite a few yeah, of the people does. i work for that that's that's the ad blue system you buy an ibc of it it's up on a mm. on a stand at an angle you just top her up and away you go mm. so it's yeah. I, wonder, yeah I wonder i wonder at what point that becomes uh, your ad blue use becomes a factor i don't think a lot of people monitor it no uh, I, or, I, i'm or, not aware of fact- or factor it in uh, when they're like buying or specking a truck. It's just something that it uses. But it would be interesting to see if you've got two trucks which run side by side on work and they both do, you know, say 10 miles to the gallon. I wonder, but one uses like a lot more AdBlue than the other. What yeah. Because difference the cost would be. Because you've really got to buy AdBlue in bulk as well. Yeah. 
uh, you don't really want to be buying it on the of, pump, no. Um, on the pumps, the price of the pumps is insane. I know, like them. Um, I know that that's kind of designed to get people who've got cars and small vehicles with tiny little ad blue tanks that don't use much of it. But holy shit, it's expensive. Like. Mm. Yeah, I know. Like, Bob, uh, Bob Beach had written something about ad blue and the um the the you know factoring it in and what. But I for the life mm. of me, I can't remember what which vehicle he was talking about. Um when I was reading what he had written. It was on his Facebook, mm, I believe. But, but um, I tell you, talking of... Um, no, what was it? Was it a Volvo? I was talking to Bob last week about um, a truck, um, and he had mentioned... Now, what was that again? Because AdBlue came up in the conversation, and yeah. it was very good on AdBlue, and I think it was actually a Volvo, but it was a turbo compound one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go and look. I'm gonna give myself something to do with that and do an in, an investigation into ad blue consumption mm. uh, because yeah, like I said, but it is hard to monitor. It's not that without well without the exactly right level. Yeah, exactly. But it's using there's not you there's not a setting in a truck where it tells you the ad blue no. per mile is there? But have I never looked? Must be something there. Yeah, I've got ad blue investigation. Yeah, your consumption and the costs. Yeah, I might see if I yeah, I might see if I can speak to a couple of owner driver mates of mine. See, see if they um, because mm. they're if anyone they would be more likely to monitor. It, I would guess, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But I shall I shall try and find out some information as well. Just mm. just because I'd be really I'd be really curious to see what some of these modern engines do as well with the ad blue switched off. Yeah. Um. How much it's like? How much it's um changed? Because I know that there were cases with like earlier trucks. I know for a fact my mates had a Euro Five Volvo FH. Ad blue pump was knackered. Um, the garage forgot to fix it, put it through its MOT, and it passed the emissions when they had blue on it. Oh. So it was all right. Interesting, but yeah. of course. Even though it passed the emissions, you've still got to have the ad blue system working because that's a, that's illegal. So yeah, yeah, be cu- be curious to see exactly what difference it makes to to the overall emissions and mm. if it, how much it how much it's changed as we move on because we've got another two steps of Euro six. We go from F to G to H and then Euro seven uh, mm. eventually. But I I maybe mentioned this in the, the previous podcasts. By the time we get to Euro seven. Uh, all these European governments in the EU uh, are kind of saying you can no longer sell uh, sort of diesel-powered heavy goods vehicles. Now, it's going to cost the manufacturers billions to develop Euro 7 to go to this because it's really hard to get these fi- to get even more efficiency out of these engines. So they've got to spend billions on that while also being forced to spend billions on electric. Yeah. Now the problem. So it's not really fair. It's not really fair on them mm. as well because it could also be said, yeah, well, actually, you know, you should. What about looking at hydrogen as well? And it's, it's, and then you've got, you know, the gas options and that as well. Well, they can't, they can't be forced to invest in everything if you're going to draw a line in the sand and say, at this date, this needs to happen. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to, with with, with a ban on any of this. I think they're going to have to. Change um, their ideas round because it's just not going no. to work. So there was a very interesting response to that that um, I read yesterday. 
and I'm racking my brains, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's the head honcho at MAN, and I will. I can't find it at the moment. I will find it for you afterwards, and I'll send it to you because mm. um, he's discussing about it. Um, another hypothesis is, as another owner driver friend of mine said, who's mm. going to have to spend another twelve hundred odd pounds to get his truck London friendly. If if all the truck manufacturers turned round and said, you know what, we're not doing that. What would what would Europe, for argument's sake, actually do? Just find them all, and they'd just say, "Well, we're not paying that." Or tell you what, we're not going to build anything for the European market. What what would happen? Um, because Swains of Kent have just put in a service, a fully electric Volvo Arctic, I believe, in Merce colours, which mm. it's about two ton heavier. The the range is very limited, so on and so forth. But I know that another company was asked to price up put in another fully electric vehicle on the road because um, they, they're a competitor to Merce, cause, you know, trying to be green and all this. Mm. So the chap who runs the company, all oh, very interested, blah, blah, blah. So he started inquiring. I mean, straight away, you'd have to lease the vehicle off of Volvo because they cost over £300,000, I think it is, for a tractor unit. Yeah, it's like three t- it's a, it can be like three times the price, of yeah. course. Then to charge it, because obviously got limited limited uh, range, etc., etc., uh, the infrastructure wouldn't be good enough in his yard, so he'd have to spend £120,000 roughly to upgrade the, the electricity supply in the yard so he could charge the truck up. And I think yep. at, that, at that point he then just lost interest and thought, no, that's just... No good. And ironically, as well, speaking to another friend of mine, most of the electric vans, or say electric, they're battery vans, aren't they? They're, they're charged mm. with electric. They're not actually run on electric. Mm. Uh, for, for DHL and FedEx and people like that, at the end of the day, they go back and they plug into a generator, which is running on diesel because that's mm. because the grid can't cope. So you're running around in a, in a, in a battery powered van that's charged up every night with by diesel so yeah is that is that is that generator euro six i, I don't know no. I'm, I'm not very clued no, up on generators but i can't imagine there no i bet it won't be so much of it's um virtue virtue signaling it's frustrating i got you said one hundred and twenty thousand pound there i spoke to a truck dealer uh rtx 85 grand they need to spend to get a charging point in with a <laughs> And there's a whole lot of stuff needs to done be done to the infrastructure. Yeah. And these are just like sort of individual uh, cases about there. Once a whole industrial estate wants all something like that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, said now like the government should be you should be seeing big construction projects for all this stuff now, but nothing's nothing's happening. No. Uh, nothing's happening with it. It's. It's a really, really strange time that we live in with all, with all this stuff. Because all these politicians, all this net zero, all these countries, COP 26, 27, 28 or anything, nobody was voted in on this mandate mm. um, at all for any of this. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost like uh, uh, billions. I say that the, the truck makers are doing a fantastic job. They're moving on. They've done everything continually updated, made these things more efficient. If you look in Britain as well, the way the way the way that fleets have adopted more modern vehicles as well, you know, there was like huge been huge investment for people to be running modern trucks. You know, the the vast majority of what you see on the road now is Euro six. Yeah. Yeah. And also as a side as well, on my drive home I just sort of observed where where I live we're 
we're close to Sizewell Power Station. The go-ahead's been given for Sizewell C, which is a nuclear power station. So there's plenty oh, that's of, good. So there's, well, it depends who you are, I think, because there's an awful lot of signs up saying, you know, no Sizewell C, blah, 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 you know, don't allow it, etc., etc. It's not too late. And then you turn the corner, then the next signs are, you know, no solar desert in Gray's Lane, I think it was, or something like that. And we're just sort of looking at all these signs and thinking, well, all these people want power, and they probably drive in electric cars and so on and so forth, but are you not thinking about where this electricity has actually come from? Because the grid is under a lot of strain already. No. We, if if everyone's going to be going more electric, we're going to need more power stations or solar deserts or wind turbines, How, whichever one you go for, we're going to need more. Yeah, I don't, I don't There needs to be... Um, I got told there's a new, power, a nuclear power station being built at Hinkley Point, Mm -hmm. But it seems to me that like nuclear is the only way forward to generate a lot of this power cleanly. There's like limitations. I mean, solar panels in the UK. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, and the thing with it with the the wind turbines and all these solar things, they have to be made in. Uh, a lot of the componentry comes from China. There's an enormous carbon footprint to building these things and getting them installed uh, before they even start to sort of. Pay, pay themselves off. Is anybody know? If anybody you know who knows who's driven like trucks onto like wind farm sites, think of the billions of liters of diesel fuel yeah. that it takes to go and build the access roads and get all those things in there as well. But uh, you mentioned a battery, like an electric van there. Uh, yeah, one of my mates got an electric Ford Transit, like a hybrid. Yeah, I think it was well, like a what? It's got some tiny EcoBoost engine in it, and what? These engines are so wasteful as well. What the manufacturers are doing now is they put the timing belt in oil. It's called a wet timing belt. Right. And these things all just fail. And they, they take the engine out and like throw it away. It's like totally not built to last. <laughs> it's it's a really stupid idea. And a lot of the manufacturers um, do this. Transits have got quite a bad reputation now uh, as well with the diesel ones because of all the DPF technology in them. Because they've got like long service intervals for the oil and, and, and for getting them changed. And obviously people don't really look after fleet vans that well. And what happens when it's like recharging the DPF, it, it sends in loads of diesel. Right. And of course the diesel, there's too much diesel. So where does it end up? It ultimately ends up in the sump. Right. And once it's in the sump, that diesel will then rot your wet timing belt. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, problems, yeah. But his van, he's got to charge it. It's basically like a range um, of a hundred miles. Yeah, that's it. And this is a guy who's got like you know, it's an engineering van that needs to be all over the country. And it was built just to. It, they they got the things just to. You have to be seen to be green with all of this. You can't speak out against it. And in some cases, if you don't like. There's council contracts, there's stuff going out to tender now where if you don't have an electric vehicle of some sort, then you can't bid. Yeah. So a lot of people are buying, you know, like little electric vans and stuff stuff like that just to say that they've got one. And it, I mentioned this, the impressive thing at RTX was these electric trucks, I mean, like the Volvo, those Volvo electric trucks are just... You know they're so well engineered, and they can absolutely do, you know, set. They can do certain jobs like no problem at all. Shuttling back and forth all day with containers, stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, they'll be great for it, but see, the weight limit, the, 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 there's 4x2 tractors. You need to have a 4x2 because yeah. of the batteries, but they're so heavy. So in the UK, we're going to have to completely redraw the, the weight regulations to allow for these uh, these 4 by 2 electric trucks to be able to pull like a decent amount of weight as well. But say Tesco made a big thing. Yeah, we've got like um, one so far that we're going to have the flexibility and everything. And it's all right for Tesco to do that. Yeah. But not even not even Tesco could replace everything if it's all three times the price. No. You know, there needs to be... That's why... And, and like in a free market economy things should evolve naturally as things develop and become more affordable and like you know uh, more desirable to people and it becomes more viable then these things will filter in simply saying yeah net zero 2050 nobody's going to create any emissions at all and everything by then it'll be absolutely fine but mm-hmm. it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna work but but uh yeah good but coal for if you looked back when you grew up right we had coal fires we had leaded petrol nothing had a catalytic converter on it and that you remember and even like right up through the sort of 90s into the 2000s you remember being behind a diesel van or something like that it would stink yeah you know and then all our gas boilers are much more efficient we've got condensing boilers now a lot of houses are better insulated uh, you know the country. I mean, we've deindustrialized as well, and unfortunately, because you know the governments are happy to you know um, produce. You know they prefer to go and import goods which are produced elsewhere, even if they're made. You know they create more pollution somewhere else. As long as it's not created here, you know yeah. that's fine. You know as long as we don't dig up the coal that's under our feet and we burn somebody else's coal, then that's somehow all right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the net zero thing, obviously, obviously, it directly affects us because of the trucks yeah. uh, and things like that. And of course, the cars that we drive as well. But uh, yeah, I just, the, the whole move to electric, you know, it's, I can't, I can't, um, I can see it being. Actually, frustratingly, I think it could have like a really important and good and positive role to play in some things. But the government are so useless; it'll probably end up like falling flat in its face, and will be slow to get going with it. While the rest of Europe actually like improves more with all <laughs> more knowing our uh, uh, our useless governments. You know, it'll end up being vastly overpriced all the all the rollout on it but yeah there's like 101 reasons why you know it potentially like wouldn't work yeah, yeah. who else you been driving for <laughs> you were at norman's <laughs> driving to make you were at norman's driving so, so you were at norman's driving some daffy were you driving the daff were you there driving an xg a new one the mirror cams yeah yes yeah for because you found it yeah how you get how you getting on with the xg how would you reckon to it i think it's great i um Admittedly, it, although I'm doing days for, for them, uh, so space isn't an issue for me. Uh, but I would say if tramping, you know, week week in, week out, home weekends, an XG would be fine. Obviously, an XG Plus would be nice just because it's bigger. But um, I don't think you gain a huge amount as such. But the lockers, yeah, above, like the lockers above your head are, are definitely, definitely smaller than... 
the uh, the the older super space cab. And I've I've heard and noticed as well. A lot of companies seem to have bought the XF rather than the XG, and a lot of drivers who've been asked to get out of a super space cab to get into a new XF have kind well, of looked at it and thought, well, that's no good. It's a lot smaller. Yeah, I'm losing. Well, an XF not an X, an XF not the same anymore. That's now the mid-sized truck. Yeah. In between, which I, which I guess is. It's confused things a, a mm-hmm. little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, because it's more kind of you know Scania R cab size now. Yeah, it kind of sits. There's not there's not a lot of trucks that sit in that exact sort of size bracket. Maybe the Renault Range T, the standard one. Yeah, because it kind of it, it sits. Yeah, it sits in between like you know the Volvo FM, uh, the the DAF well, the the DAF XD. No, that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's not. It's not as big as you know an S way or of um. What's the other? The TGX. It's not as big as the big as those sort of things. It's a big. It's a. It's um a really good all rounder. But yeah, if somebody's if somebody's not paid attention to the spec or that and thought, all right, XF, yep, go for that big cab, same again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to have anywhere near the amount of space in it. No, definitely um, not. Definitely not. So, uh, and um, I'd also like to say Normans are very kindly letting me use one of their trucks for the East Coast Truckers Children's Convoy, which is. God, is that where? God, it's, that's it's, come round again, has yep, it? Wow. Yeah, it's in a month's time, August Bank Holiday Sunday. Wait, I, yeah. Do you do, do, you I do that twice a year? Is that, is that on twice a year? No, no. Wow. It's been oh, a that's, year. That's weird. <laughs> I know. It's been a year. I just, yeah. Un- unbelievable really so um i'll be using that and uh when's that? sorry when's that it's the august bank holiday sunday when's the august bank holiday uh the last sun last weekend of august i believe yeah i'm pretty sure it is 20 oh, you're gonna test me now aren't you 28 <laughs> Is it the twenty? The twenty uh, eighth is a Monday, unless I'm looking at a twenty twenty two calendar. So maybe yeah, it must be the twenty seventh then. <laughs> yeah, it must be the twenty seventh, I guess. So yeah, it will be then. So if you are, yeah, if you are at a loose end, if you want to come and wave us all on, I, same. I, I, yeah, Same yeah, as last year. absolutely. Yeah, it's a really, really good event by the looks of it, with the pictures and all, all of that. It's phenomenal the turnout yeah. that gets, and it is for a good cause as well. Oh, definitely. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, and I, there's been a few photos I, I know that you've seen, which actually taken by my friend Joe Beerton, who's doing a bit of work for Terry Seaman. He's just taken delivery of a new XD DAF, funny enough, which has also been Fodenized. All um, oh, right, I've not seen another one that's been photonized. Yeah, uh, he's also got a second one on the way. Now, whether that's going to have the same treatment or not, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I've only seen photos of it. I've seen it on the road going the other way, uh, but no. I've not been able to get up close and personal and have a good look. But I know it's got <laughs> phone badge on the on the grill, so I presume it'll be like the XF that was done. It'll be uh, all the little things like inside on the trim and, and the steering wheel and stuff like that. But I shall have to try and get down and see Terry and have a look at yeah, the truck at some I, point. Yeah, I do like I like it. Because obviously, Terry, you might remember a couple of years ago, well, Terry Seaman was, you know, a big Foden operator, one of the biggest in the country. Um, if there was 
you know, a hundred Terry Siemens in the UK, there would still be Foden's running today. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, <laughs> as he UK. as he jokingly says, he still wears that black armband for Foden. You know, mm-hmm. so and I just like it as well because he's he's still painting the trucks. They're not accountant white. You know, they're. I think it's a bit of a marmite colour. You you love the brown or you hate it. Personally, I love it. I think it looks really nice with like the, although it's um the, the stickers rather than natural airbrushing on them. And just, but they are, I believe, I think he still gets a sign writer in to do like the, the stuff at Corn mm-hmm. Dolly and bits and pieces, I think. So it's just a nice traditional livery. And I just think they look really, really smart. Yeah. No, I did like that like a couple of years ago when he got his, um, he got that XF and he did like, you know, make it like a Foden tribute with everything on it, you know. And, and it was just, it was, it was, um, Fun, you know, it was just, yeah. uh, you know, but, you know, one of the best things about it is when I saw the picture of the new one going there as well is how, one of the best things about it is the reaction you get from, like, people who take it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, really wound up about it and everything. Like, That's not a real Foden. Oh, no, really? Did yeah, you correct? Think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all, it's all, it's fun because it can, it can, it, it can confuse people, but it will get people to ask questions as well, you know? Yeah. Keeps the awareness of Foden alive. But you're def- the, the, the most funny thing is the people who get angry about it. Yeah. Well, I know. It's, um, a, ba- it's a badge on a truck. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. But it, it catches the eye as well because uh, my good friend Simon Nolliff was in his car with his wife and it went the other way. And even she sort of noticed it and she's not into trucks or anything like that and just sort of said, well, what was that? You know, she just, it just mm. caught her eye and, and looked different. So, you know, it's it, it does the job. Yeah, that's that's good. That yeah, and for, yeah, I would like to go down and visit actually because it was during that time where with that rid- um, ridiculous uh, COVID restrictions in place. Yeah, um, and that's how I went and uh, missed that photo shoot the last time. Yeah, that was a that was annoying. That I've actually got yeah, I'm down. I've got quite a lot of stuff to do off the back of RTX. Actually, I'm down south. Uh, week after next, and I need mm-hmm. to be. I need to keep myself busy and booting the road. Then I need to go and get some um, truck action on the go again. Get back out, um, back out in the road and do some more driving. Yeah. Because um, I've got about. I've got um, a couple of turbo compound. I've got. I've got a Volvo four sixty turbo compound to try, mm-hmm. uh, and I've also got the Renault turbo compound to try out. So. Uh, it'll be good to try uh, see what they're like, kind of close to each other, uh, performance wise. Yeah. Um, back to back to back because some some of the fuel economy results um, out of these turbo compounds are amazing, and these have both got a different kind of set of tweaks and updates to them. Like Renault have fettled the original iteration of the turbo compound, and Volvo's updated it again. Yeah. So they should be even better on fuel. I mean, some of the economy figures, I mean, across various trucks now, the thing, the, the figures that guys are getting back and uh, telling me they're getting, I was speaking to um, Phil from JR Dixon. He's got an XG plus 530. Yeah. Um, and he was pulling some trailers for the range, which is only a few tons of um, freight. But mm-hmm. he was up at like 15 and a half mile with a gallon at peak tart. Crikey. Was that a double decker as well? 
Uh, I'm not sure it was a double decker, like, but he was down. You know, it can average out at sort of 12, 13 miles to the gallon. In go out, in go out that truck, and it's like across the board the the increased, um, the increase in fuel efficiency is, uh, quite a, quite amazing really across all the all these trucks, and but you know, they can't shout about it as much as they would like to, as I've mentioned like before, because it's diesel and that's not allowed. Mm. But <laughs> you know, it's it it it. it is what it is. It'll be interesting to see with that. I'm trying to remember what else I've got to go and drive. I think I've got a daft tipper actually. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. But I think it might be an XD tipper, but um, they had one they wanted to offer me, but it had a muck shifting body on it. Right. And um, uh, the tipper work that I do for people is all quarry work, so I would need a um, an insulated body right. ideally, so I can go and do tar. Uh, with it, so well, yeah, probably got enough to go and keep me going to the end of the year. What, what about um, oh, so what about yourself? Would see, obviously, you'd been out done a bit of that. Did you did you manage to get abroad anywhere? Yeah, I've just been to Greece and back. Uh, got back the other week with the dogs again. Uh, same same two to the same place for the third third year in a row. So that was most enjoyable, and um, I actually. I remember at least in 2009, and if not before, heading down to Athens, as, you, as you're as going around the motorway, there's an Iveco dealership on the right, and sat outside has been a Turbo Star. And it's been there, mm. let's say, since at least 2009, but potentially even earlier, but I can't remember exactly. Mm. And this time, I actually had enough time to come off the motorway and go and find the thing. And it's actually in surprisingly good condition. Um, someone's put the window through, so just sort of pop ripped a bit of metal across it. Oh, uh, on, so what's on, the, sco- the, the score with it? Is it like an abandoned dealership? No, no, the dealership's up and running, and it's just mm. sat out there. Um, it's got an old CTR curtain side with no curtains on it, just sat there. I don't know what the what the deal is with it. It's just not really rotten away because it's in Greece. No, yeah, um, I guess that, that's that's the thing. I wouldn't if it was sitting in like uh, the UK, it would be getting well, moldy be a, and rusty be a, and being be returned to nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it would be much left over some tires. So um, that was pretty good. And just, um, I mean, Greece is fantastic. I I love it. Um, Never been. So, I think that's definitely. Oh, one of the it's just I would like the, to visit. The, the food is amazing. The, the people are fantastic. The scenery is amazing. You can park trucks near the beach and things like that in a lot of places still, even today, um, which is great. Um, and there's so many lovely, big horsepower, older trucks running about as well. They, the, oh, they love, they love oh, them, grunt, they, don't they? Oh, they do, yeah. There's so many, and, and a lot of them have obviously started life in sort of the, the more northwestern Europe as such, like Holland, Scandinavia, so on and so forth. So F8, version 1 FH16s. Um, mm. plenty of 4 Series V8s, uh, quite a few R Series. There's still F90s, F2000s. Uh, there's a couple of that I missed to to actually stop and photograph. There was a, a, at the last moment, saw an F89 rigid parked up and also an N89 as well. But mm. I know where they are and hopefully go and buy a lot of stuff in Greece. They'll hopefully be there next year. So 
when I go back next year, I can hopefully yeah. bag a couple of photos of them. You could, and and you I could, you could, you could probably find them on Google Street View. Quite possibly, yes. Um, <laughs> and we we were sat there, so we we dropped the dogs off at Rafina Port because they go off to Mykonos um, to their owners. And away this for year, their holidays. Away for their summer holidays. Uh, we'll we'll go back and pick them up. Uh, after, straight away after the children's convoy the next day we'll head to Munich and pick them back up and bring them back to the UK but we sat. We actually had a medical scan I think it was that had been in an exhibition to collect out of Athens on the Monday so we had the weekend just sort of down the road on the coast we oh, sat, and... sat there oh, it was terrible right on the you know right on the waterfront it was oh. hor- horrible but you know somebody's got to do it and uh, sat there Saturday evening having a meal and I just Heard this noise and I thought that sounds like an old Volvo, and this F12 day cab, eight wheeler rigid, came chugging up the road. And I was like, oh look at that! That's I'll have to go and try and find that later. And about five minutes later, I heard this other noise. I was just like, that's another, that's another Volvo, and this FH16 version one just came plodding past and just you know the sound is fantastic i look like lloyd christmas from dumb and dumb with a head out the window like where's that coming from and it was uh (laughs) actually walking back actually found where they were parked although i was going to go and do that on the sunday morning by myself and the driver was actually washing it down it's an old it started life in sweden he's had it since 2011 i think he said and the other one the the f12 was his as well and they just basically collect the sewage water and take to the sewage works because they don't have the infrastructure there like we do. And so that's all he does. They, they, there's plenty of these tankers knocking about, all with like donkey engines sort of on the chassis generally, just knocking about, uh-huh. picking up all the sewage and taking it away. But, yeah, this truck just gets washed every day. It was just a, a lovely bit of kit and just a lovely sound mm. to hear whilst you're having your evening evening meal on a Saturday night. <laughs> did it did it smell uh the truck didn't of, of sewage as such luckily it didn't smell yeah. um thank god yeah that would probably probably would have well probably wouldn't have put me off but that's oh, right. most of the other tiners would uh but yeah it was it was stunning it really was so uh so did you get pictures of it i did they're not particularly great but i have got some so uh and of the f12 and his brother's got a little fl6 that when they they, he's a fisherman, so once he's got his catch, he then takes off to the market at Athens. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah nice. Paul, yeah, Paul's given us some updates from Greece before. He's been out there and visiting people that he's met, and they're super passionate about trucks. Yeah, over oh, there, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you, like you say, they have got a lot of sort of big power stuff, and it's not just yeah. It's not standard either. Like they, no. they like to mess about with them as well. Some of them have got whacking great turbos on them, and they're, they're well cranked up. And everyone, oh, yeah. sounds sounds uh, bless that because oh, they, they were having they were having a hell of a problem on uh, roads with wildfires yes. out there. But, yeah. but look, apparently it's all apparently it's down to arson. People have done it on purpose. Oh God, horrendous! Like, there's been a lot of that this year. Yeah, what's the matter with these people? wildfires? All. Uh, there's also a couple right. of little old um, Mercedes. I mean, I call it like the eight one four cab. You know that 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 type. Um, but they were up right there, either twelve. I think it's one twelve, one fifteen tonner at Rafina Port, mm-hmm. and they were they were piled up like an Indian truck. You know the the load was just 
absolutely ginormous. So I got a couple of pictures of, the, of them as well. That was they, they were nice to see. Took me back, took me back to my first seven and a half tonner. Yeah, that was great. What's the, what's the driving like in Greece? What are the drivers like? Because I know, like in certain parts of in Europe, there's quite a, a, a variation. Yeah, uh, in the way that people drive. Like the further south I got into Italy, the crazier they were. Yeah, a car that wasn't you have a dent in every Dented, panel. Yeah, they, yeah. they certainly used to be. They used to be as bad, if not worse, than the Italians. But now, I don't know whether it's just because they've got motorway most of the way there now. It seems a lot more. Refrained is he uh, mm. much calmer, certainly than what it used to be. Um, and I just found myself I was generally the fastest thing on the on the roads. Really, a lot of them are just sort of pooting along more than anything. So it's mm. perhaps it's perhaps it's just changed. I mean, presumably around the centre of Athens, it's probably still just as bad. But it's a, every capital city is the same in Europe, isn't it? They're, they're all crazy drivers every single city you go to but yeah gen- generally speaking they're they're quite mm. um quite yeah that's a good that's a good trip. so you do you drive all the way to greece yeah drive drive down right to the well not to right to the bottom of italy but down to brindisi uh this this year we got the overnight ferry from brindisi oh, yeah. across to Egamanitsa and then just drop all the way down down across to the east side of athens where rafina port is and Rafina, mm. the ferry comes in from Mykonos and some of the other islands. We hand the dogs over to the housekeeper. He takes them off their summer holidays and mm. we'll either re- reload or come back empty. Yeah, just times have a look in the map there for map there yeah. for that. Yeah, see so you go down through right the way down through it. I like to go and do that because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hell of an adventure to go on if you didn't take the ferry because that would then take you through. Yeah, you could go Hungary. Romania, Bulgaria, that way. Yeah. Which, which I've done before. Yeah. I mean, the only yeah, downside you, you, to going overland, the roads in Bulgaria still leave a lot to be desired. Uh, the Really, the main crossing point is uh, Vidin Caliphat, which in the van is fine because you can skip the queue of trucks, but the queue of trucks is huge. Uh, you will lose an awful lot of time from Bulgaria to Romania because it's non Schengen. They check every single passport, then you know check yeah. documents, so on and so what forth. And the, and the queue, and the queue from Hungary or Romania into Hungary was even worse. I think we were driving not particularly far. Uh, when we went to Kosovo earlier this year, coming back, mm-hmm. must have been driving for about ten minutes past this queue of just solid trucks. It was yeah. just yeah, unbelievable. Mm. So yeah, uh, I'm just looking at it. You could go. I'm just looking. There's Italy, Slovenia. Yeah. Croatia. Croatia. You could Croatia's do. A, Croatia's a funny shaped country. It's got a really it narrow is. bit right the way down the, the coast only, of Croatia. The only... But then that takes you into Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro. Yeah, which are all non EU, so you'd need different paperwork and. Kosovo. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, and then where's the where the hell's Greece going? God, there's so many. Then you would have to go Albania. Mm-hmm. Having said um, that, going through Albania. Yeah, I mean, you said Al- you you were like a lot. You were pretty impressed with a lot of Albania. Yeah, and the, the quick that, the quickest border crossing I've ever had. I think we probably could have got away of not stopping the wheels. The chat no. chat passed the stuff back so quickly. 
Just looked, mm-hmm. just looked at the van, went camping, went, no, no, got animals. Okay, gave his stuff back and off we went. Couldn't care less. It's fantastic. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you look, if you, if people are thinking about a holiday destination, seriously consider going to Albania because it's cheap, it's beautiful, mm. friendly people. Don't believe the news and the hype. It's well worth a look around all that sort of area of of Europe. You know, uh, Macedonia, no, Montenegro, Albania. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, really, really worth going and have a go and have a look. Or even even go overland. Take take your car, go and have a gig. Oh, absolutely! That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I want to go. And, I want to go and do a nice uh, run in, in September oh. sometime. You know that to do a sort of holiday, sort of one, road trip. Yeah, once you're in Slovenia, the, the you know the traffic is kind of you've got through Germany and Austria into Slovenia. The traffic eases off. The scenery mm. really starts. It just gets better the further you go. I, I love it. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do some more in, in, investigation around that because I would like to go and explore some places what I have um, not seen yet. Because that's a great thing about doing, like, um, if, you're out, if you're able to do European work in a truck as yeah. well, like how you did, because you get to go and see so many of these places and I get, you know... Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and get paid for it, mm. really. which is even God. better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, here we're at, we're over the hour mark on this we podcast. We are. Look at that. So yes, time flies when you have fun. Oh, just to say as well. Yes. Saw, any other? I was going to say any other business. Any other, before any we other business. Yeah, Chris Madison, open your eyes. <laughs> Oh, uh, Chris! Chris won't. He won't see anybody. Yeah, I think I think he'd only see me if I crashed into him. I expect mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I did see I did see Chris last week. I think it was naturally he didn't see me. Um, other than that, oh yeah, he never does. I've driven right. Yeah. I've driven past him like a few times um, in, in <laughs> demonstrators. I'm like hello, but no, yeah, yeah. nothing, nothing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, just the children's conflict <laughs> coming up. I'd, uh, yeah, I might speak to you before that. I, I guess I don't know. I just have to see how the time goes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just um, keep in touch with your um, yeah, for WhatsApp or whatever. If you've got any, if you've got a few pictures from that um, Greek thing or that, send them over. Yeah, will do um, definitely. It, I don't know if we, I don't know if you're speaking to Andy about doing any updates and well, of, funny enough, anything was... like that. It would be good to get maybe something in if you've if you've been doing it Terry's with those new food and uh, sort of things and that could make a fun thing to add into the magazine well whilst I was waiting whilst I was waiting for the link for this I just did a little bit for Team Truck Truck and Driver for Andy because I'd emailed him so he asked if I could so I've sent Uh, him sent him a few pictures and a little write up so nice yeah excellent right cool alright thanks guys lovely Uh, cheers Dougie all right, cheers. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Speak to you soon. Ta-da. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.